Chapter thirty three of Meg of Mystery Mountain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Meg of Mystery Mountain by Grace May North. Chapter thirty three Jane's Birthday. For the next two days, the boys searched high and low, far and near, without finding the box. On the morning of the third, which was Saturday, Jane announced at breakfast, as it was her birthday, she wished to go down to the inn and get the mail. The stage would not come up that way until the following Monday. Instantly there was uproar. Julie, whose foot was nearly well again, hopped around the table and threw her arms around her big sister's neck, without fear of being rebuked because the fresh muslin collar might be crushed. The older girl slipped an arm lovingly about the child, who stood with her cheek pressed against the soft, dark hair. Dan reached a hand across the table. "'Jane, so it is. This is the wonderful day on which you are eighteen. I congratulate you.' Jerry, with a whoop, had pounced on her, even as Julie has done, without fear of rebuke. The older girl had been so consistently loving during the past few days that— childlike they had accepted the change as being natural and permanent dan smiled happily at the group and in his eyes there was a tenderness that his sister rejoiced to see but the lad who had been her chum since little childhood also knew that jane's heart held a sorrow which she was not sharing with him that it had something to do with jean sawyer he surmised but believed it was because jane still thought mr packard's overseer liked mary especially well "'Let's have a party!' Gerald shouted as he capered about the room, unable, it would seem, to otherwise express his enthusiasm. "'That would be sport,' Dan agreed. Julie slipped from Jane's encircling arms. Clapping her hands, she sang out, "'Goody, we're going to have a party, and maybe there'll be ice cream!' "'There probably isn't any to be had nearer than Scarsburg,' Dan remarked. Then he grew thoughtful, wondering how long the girl he loved would be detained at the county seat, along of schoolwork.' As though voicing his thought, Gerald ceased his antics to say earnestly, "'It won't be a party unless Meg is at it.' "'And Jean Sawyer, too,' Julie put in. "'Let's ask Meg and Jean to our party. You want them, don't you, Janie?' The other girl smiled as she arose to clear the breakfast table, then turned away, but not quickly enough to hide the sudden tears from Dan. The boy's heart was sad. He also believed that Jean Sawyer especially liked Mary— and, if this were true, there was nothing for Jane to do but try not to care. Bob suggested that he and Dan go up to the Heger place to get the horse. Then the girls can take turns walking and riding, he ended. Mary seemed to be very eager to go to the village, far down in the valley. I also am expecting some mail. That was all she would tell the others. I'm glad it's such a shiny day, Julie chirped. Birthdays ought to be all gold and blue. Hadn't they ought to be, Janey? "'What a tangled sentence that is, dearie!' The older girl tried to hide her own sorrow that she need not depress the others, who were all in a holiday mood. "'But I do believe that birthdays ought to be sunny, for they are a chance to start life all over.' Mary looked up brightly. "'I love beginnings,' she said, as she rolled her sleeves preparing to wash the dishes. "'Whatever the mistakes or faults of the past have been, I feel that on New Year's and birthdays, and even on Mondays, I can clean off the slate, so to speak, and start all over.' When the two girls were alone in the kitchen, Mary slipped an arm about her companion, as she said, "'Dear Jane, I wish you would act more friendly towards poor Jean Willoughby. I know that your seeming to avoid him the other day hurt him deeply. 
but jane shook her head and in her eyes there was an expression of suffering i can't oh i can't she said miserably some day he might find out how i acted about father's renouncing his fortune and then he would scorn me i couldn't endure it mary oh indeed i couldn't i'm going back east with you next week and i shall never see jean sawyer an hour later the young people started down the mountain road julie riding on the horse as the other two girls dressed in their natty hiking costumes declared that they would rather walk they had decided to have lunch at the inn for mrs bentley was an excellent cook jane covered her aching heart so well that dan believed after all he had been mistaken in thinking that she was sorrowing for jean her loving devotion to her best friend plainly proved to him that she was not at all jealous of mary deciding that he must have been wrong he entered wholeheartedly into the joyousness of the occasion and a jolly procession it was that wended its way down the circling road toward the hamlet of redfords at every turn dan glanced down to see if by any chance meg heger might be returning to her home cabin her foster father had not known how long she would have to stay at the normal where teacher bellows had sent for her for a time of intensive proprietary work but the lad hoped and believed that even if meg would have to return to scarsburg on the following monday she would visit her home over the weekend nor was he wrong for at the bend just above the village gerald who had been racing ahead turned to shout through hands held trumpet-wise say kid meg heggard's coming gee golly now she can come to the party luckily no one glanced at dan for a sudden brightening expression would have revealed the secret he wished to share with none but meg in another few moments the girl riding slowly up the mountain road on her spotted pony heard a chorus of shouts and glancing up saw the young people on the bend above waving caps and kerchiefs what a warmth there was in the heart of the girl who through all the years had been without a companion of her own age and when at last they met jane was the first to hurry forward with outstretched hands we've missed our nearest neighbour we're so glad you came home to-day she said in her friendliest manner the beautiful girl looked from one to another of the group and seeing in each a face of joyful expression she asked what is it some special occasion gerald shouted yo bet it is it's old jane's birthday suddenly he remembered the time in the orchard at home when he had called his sister old jane and how scathingly he had been rebuked and then he looked quickly anxiously at the girl but she was laughing saying you're right gerald eighteen is old i feel as ancient as the hills then taking meg's free hand for julie was clinging to the other jane said why don't you turn about and take lunch with us at the inn it's the first of the birthday celebrations but the mountain girl shook her head smiling happily into her friend's eyes as she replied ma heger is expecting me this noon and will have the things baked up that i like best i couldn't disappoint her nor dear old pap either but you'll come later we'll be home by two o'clock and then the real celebration is to begin jane begged while gerald said informingly we're going to do stunts i mean something extra different we don't know what yet but it'll be something awfully jolly meg beamed down at the eager freckled face i wouldn't miss it for worlds of course i will be there dan who had been standing silently at her side said i will come up to your cabin for you then you will know when we are back and ready to begin the frolic whatever it is to be is jean sawyer coming meg glanced at jane to inquire the mountain girl noted the sudden clouding of her new friend's eyes and although the reply was lightly given in the negative meg knew that something was wrong she had been so sure that jane and jean liked each other especially well 
glancing at the sun which was near the zenith she exclaimed i must go now my pony has had a long walk to-day and i do not want him to climb too rapidly then with a direct glance out of her dusky long-lashed eyes at dan she said i'll be ready and waiting for you when you come mrs bentley was indeed pleased when she heard that she was to have so many hungry guests for lunch and asked if she might have one hour for preparation the young people were disappointed when they learned that the mail had not arrived but they had not long to wait before the stage drew up in front of the inn mr bentley went out to get the leather bag which both jane and mary hoped might contain something of special interest to them they all crowded around the tiny window in the corner which served as post-office and waited eagerly while the innkeeper sorted out the papers letters and packages well now he beamed at them over his spectacles if here ain't that parcel o granny peters you've been waiting for so long yarn's in it he informed his amused listeners red back and yeller grand sends to the city for a fresh batch every summer and knits things for christmas presents i have had one old granny peters mufflers every year for longer than i can recollect he reached again into the bag and here's magazines enough to start a shop them's for the packard ranch they must have a powerful lot of time for settin around reading them two must mary was watching eagerly for on the very next package she was sure that she saw her name the postmaster looked at it closely then he held it far off as if to get a different angle evidently hoping for enlightenment finally he shook his head and tossed it to one side reckon thar's been a mistake on that parcel there ain't no miss marion star in these here parts i'm marion star that maiden informed him laughingly holding out her hand but before that postmaster would give up the parcel he presented the girl with a paper to sign reckon thar's something powerful valuable in that box he said being as it sent registered then he leaned on his elbows as though planning to wait until mary had opened her package before he finished distributing the mail but to his quite evident disappointment the girl slipped it into her sweater coat pocket i know what's in it she said brightly jane noting the radiant happiness in her friend's face believed that she also knew but her attention was attracted again to the small window near which she stood for the postmaster was touching her arm with a long letter miss jane abbott he said adding well golly be you're sort of popular i reckon here are three letters and there's another that came in yesterday it's jane's birthday julie piped up informingly a month before the older girl would have rebuked the younger for having been so familiar with one of a class so far beneath her as it was she accepted smilingly the well-meant remark well do tell how old be you miss jane not a day over sixteen judging by your looks as soon as the two girls could slip away from the others jane led mary into the deserted parlour of the inn where haircloth chairs and sofa and a marble-topped table and brightly coloured prints on the wall were revealed when the subdued light from the windows hung with heavy draperies when they were alone mary whirled and caught jane's hand as she asked glowingly can you guess what's in the box i told mother to forward it for answer jane stooped and kissed the flushed cheek of her friend of course i can guess she replied it's the ring jean's brother was to send you from paris mary soon had the small box unwrapped and a dewdrop clear diamond was revealed in a setting of quaint design oh mary how wonderfully beautiful it is jane said with sincere admiration his shining-eyed friend slipped it onto the finger for which it was intended then smiling up at her companion she prophesied some day another ring as lovely as this one will make you my sister 
There was a wistful expression in the dark eyes, but Jane's quiet reply was, "'You are wrong, Mary. Even if Jean thinks he cares for me, he would not, if he knew, and what is more, I have no reason to believe that he even likes me better than he does his other girlfriends.' Mary, knowing that time alone could tell whether or not she was a prophet, changed the subject by asking, "'From whom are your letters, dear? How selfish I have been, opening my box first when it's your birthday!' Jane glanced at the top envelope, then tore it open with breathless eagerness. Mary surmised, and correctly, that the letter was from Jean Sawyer. It was the one that Mr. Bentley had taken from a pigeonhole, where it had been since the day before. It did not take long for Jane to read it, and when she looked up there was an expression of happiness shining through tears that had come. Then, suddenly and most unexpectedly, the girl sank down in the stiff chair by the marble-topped table and bending her head on her arms she sobbed bitterly mary went to her and putting an arm about her she implored don't cry dearie it will make your eyes red and the others will wonder tell me what was in the letter and let us try to think of what is best to do is it from jean jean lifted her head and wiped her eyes then she held the letter out for a friend to read there are a few words on it but they told how sincerely unhappy the lad was because jane seemed not to wish for his friendship Jean had written, "'All I can think of is in that some way I have hurt you, and that I do so want to be forgiven. At least be frank, and tell me why you do not wish my friendship.' "'Why don't you tell him, dearie? If it would be hard to talk it over with him, write a little letter now, and leave it until someone comes to the Packard Ranch mail. Will you do that if I get the materials?' Jane nodded miserably. "'Yes, I would rather write it. Then I will go back with you next week, and I shall never again see Jean Sawyer.' Mary procured from Mr. Bentley the paper and envelope, while Bob willingly loaned his fountain pen. A glance at the big, loud-ticking clock on the wall showed that there were still twenty minutes before Mrs. Bentley would be ready for them. Mary thoughtfully left Jane alone, nor did she ask what her friend had written when, at last, she joined the others, who were seated in the cane-bottomed chairs on the front veranda of the inn. The letter Jane had given to Mr. Bentley, asking him to place it with the rest of the mail for the Packard Ranch. The boy sprang up when Jane appeared, and Bob, being nearest, offered his chair with a flourish. Mary glanced anxiously at her friends, but the beautiful face betrayed nothing. "'Thank you,' Jane replied with a smile at Bob, who had perched upon the rail near. Then she said to Dan, "'Brother, I have had such a nice letter from Dad, and one from Grandmother, but best of all is the cheque in Aunt Jane's letter, because now I can repay the debt that I owe our dear, wonderful Meg.' Before she could say more, Mrs. Bentley appeared in the doorway, her face rosy, her spotless blue apron wound around her hands. "'The birthday lunch is ready to be dished up,' she announced. Instantly, Bob was on his feet, making a deep bow before Jane, and holding out his arm as he inquired, "'May I have the great pleasure of escorting the guest of honour. Gerald, taking the cue, bowed before Mary, and Julie, laughingly up at Dan, said ungrammatically, but happily, "'Me and you are all that's left.' The tall boy caught the little girl by one hand, as he joyfully replied, "'Mrs. Tom Thumb and the living skeleton will end the procession.' Jane, smiling over at her shoulder, said rebukingly, "'Don't call yourself that, brother. You're not nearly as thin as you were.' When the dining-room was reached, the young people were surprised and pleased. "'Say, boy!' was Bob's comment. "'Mrs. Bentley, you've decked it out in grand style.' The table, to which they had been led, was indeed resplendent, with the best of everything that the good woman possessed. 
on the real damask tablecloth was glass that sparkled while a pretty rose pattern wound around plates and cups they're my wedding presents the comely woman told them as she beamed her pleasure i never use them except for extra special occasions like christmas and birthdays gerald put in then after the boys had moved the chairs for the girls and all were seated they glanced around the room two cowboys were at a table in the corner and jane recognized that one of them was from the packard ranch he'll take their mail back she thought and so this very day jean soil will know all he will never never want to see me after he reads what i have written the menu for that birthday lunch was indeed an excellent one but the children who sat next to each other were eagerly anticipating the dessert what do you expect it'll be gerald inquired softly and julie whispered back i know what i wish it was and it begins with i see you might as well wish for something else dan who had overheard replied but when mrs bentley appeared on her tray there were six dishes heaped high with chocolate ice cream why mrs bentley are you a miracle worker jane pleased for the children's sake inquired laughingly the woman confessed that ice cream had been the reason she had asked for one hour in which to prepare so many folks motor in pass one ice cream she told them and so pa bentley fetched a new contraption from denver last may was up there and it'll freeze ice cream in one hour easy then she disappeared to soon return with a mountain of chocolate layer cake you'll have to get along without candles miss jane the good woman said and the frosting ain't very hard yet but i'll reckon it'll pass the girl who had felt scornful of these natives as she had called them only a short month before was deeply touched and she exclaimed with real feeling mrs bentley i do indeed appreciate all the trouble that you have taken i have never had a nicer party a moment later jane saw the two cowboys leaving the dining-room almost unconsciously she pressed her hand against her heart to still its rapid beating as her panicky thought was questioning do you really want to send that letter to jean sawyer is there time yet to get it do you want him to know just how dishonourable you were about the money she half rose then sank down again for through the swinging door she had seen mr bentley handing the packard mail pouch to the cowboy it was too late then chancing to meet mary's troubled glance jane smiled as she said with an effort at gaiety gerald if all of your wishes are to be fulfilled as magically as this one has been you are to be a lucky boy there's two things we've wished for lately that don't happen aren't there danny the small boy looked up at his brother who smiled down as he replied i suppose you mean that we have not found meg heger's box what is the unmaterialized wish jerry the boy's wide eyes expressed astonishment why dan abbott i do believe you've forgotten that we wished we might find the lost gold mine the older boy laughingly confessed it was true dan had found a gold mine that he valued much more than the one to which gerald referred it was mrs bentley who said it wasn't a lost mine exactly dearie the vein they'd been working petered out although there are folks who reckon the vein branched off some was but the miners went away hot foot when the bald mountain strike was made then she concluded there's not much use hunting for that lost vein howsomever time and again there's been a wandering miners digging round them parts but they always give up and go away then as the young people rose each expressed some characteristic praise for the meal and indeed mrs bentley was almost as pleased about it as her guests had been the bill they found was surprisingly small then after bidding the two queer characters good-bye the six merry-makers started up the trail with julie on the horse 
the others took turns riding with her and so at about two they reached the abbot cabin dan climbed to the back of the mare calling that he would soon return he rode up the mountain towards meg's home how very many things had happened in the few weeks they had been in the mountains he thought if only jane could be happy dan assured himself he would be supremely so but poor jane found as the moments passed that she regretted more and more having sent the letter but she would not confide this to mary whose suggestion it had been meanwhile the letter had reached its destination and had been read by jean sawyer End of chapter thirty three